Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And we will conclude our discussion of the Jurassic Park franchise by talking about the sequel trilogy, Jurassic World, and the latest film, Jurassic World Dominion. Just some news. Uh, the first, the first bit of news is something I just learned five <laughs> minutes ago, prepping for this episode. Apparently, Joker Two, Lady Gaga has entered talks to join. Many speculate that is for Harley Quinn, and it's also been rumored that the sequel is a musical. And that's uh, a lot. It's a lot to to take in at once. So remember last week when I said Jurassic Park is one of the top five concepts of all time. Yeah, we have another one. There we go. <laughs> and it's Joker 2, the musical. That is just so unhinged and crazy that I love it. It would be a blast. You and I didn't really like Joker 1, but if Joker 2 is like this, I'm going to see it. I mean, I was always going to go see it. True. I mean, it'd be always interesting to see what they'll do with it. But especially if they make it a musical, that'd yeah. just be hilarious. And we know Walking Phoenix can sing. Walk so, the line. So that... that he just does be... a Johnny Cash impression the entire time. <laughs> Rings of fire. Um, the Joker. All right. So that's something to look forward to. We'll see if that ever gets confirmed. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is getting a re-release. So they're calling it the more fun stuff version. It's coming out this September, which is also when the Avatar re-release is happening. So it's a dead September. All these old films are coming back out. Um, so some deleted scenes will be included. And it seems like they're doing this to try and push it to two billion because it's currently sitting at at one point nine billion, which is wild. If China would have released it, it definitely would have crossed the two billion mark. So now they're seeing if they can maybe bring people back in with a re-release to push it over the edge. Mm. Will you go watch this new uh, version of it? I thought about it. I since I have AMC, the uh... I don't know what it's called, the unlimited AMC. Uh, right. I'm wanting to go see more of those like non-new release movies, like the anniversary movies, the Studio Ghibli things that some of the theaters do. The uh, like this, the re-releases. So I might go. I know I'm going on Monday to an AMC somewhere. I don't know where to watch uh, the 40th anniversary of the thing. If you want to go. Wow, I'm also going to a 40th anniversary of the thing, but at Regal. You what? freak. <laughs> Who are you going with? You freak. It's on. So what day is yours on? June 19th. Yeah, that's the same one. Um, which is <laughs> yeah, the 40th day. anniversary. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was like, couldn't they have just done like a week of it? Why they have to put it on Father's Day? But anyway, so I was like, you want to go see it, dad? And he was like, I work. And I was like, oh. And so I bought the ticket already, um, at least for myself. And I was going to see if he wanted to join it because it was already getting packed mm -hmm. so now i'm going by myself i'll go with you Father's i'll go Day with afternoon. you i'll well, go with you i it's at the regal it's not the AMC. i don't care i'll pay for it i'll go with you i don't know if there's any seats left you can check oh shit 
you, well, yeah. I'll check later. Try and do that. Um, but yeah, if you want to, sure. I what didn't time? know what your plan was. Which regal and what time? Um, it's it's only one showing, which again, I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. If you have the Regal app still, um, you can find it on there. I'll send it to you, the details after the show. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's Oviedo. Okay. Um, and it's at 3 o'clock, I believe. Okay. Now, continuing the news, our last bit is another look at the Ezra Miller Escapades, Part 4. The court has issued a protective order for Takata Iron Eyes. Miller and Tokata cannot be located for the temporary 30-day order to be served. That's not a good sign. And uh, in response to not being caught, Ezra Miller has posted memes on his Instagram before he deleted his page. And one of them said, you can't find me. I'm in another universe. Yeah, so that's that's really great. People were responding to that, saying like this man is acting like he's a super villain out of... Like movies like he's the Riddler, he's posting these things, mocking the police. So funny. It's just insane. It's truly wild. Insane. And the other day, uh, another thing came out. This comes from the Daily Beast, though, and I didn't check this morning to see if any other source has corroborated it. It's a bit more credible, but apparently, according to them, a Massachusetts mother has just gotten granted an order of protection right. for her 12-year-old daughter against Ezra Miller for erratic behavior that Miller was doing apparently to them. Uh, so another really bad instance of Ezra Miller interacting with really young kids in very questionable ways and then another order of protection granted by a court, apparently. So yeah, not a good situation at all. We'll see how this plays out in the coming weeks. I'm sure this is not the last of the Ezra Miller escapades. But since the Flash movie is about a year away, almost exactly, it comes out, I think, late June or very early July. Mm -hmm. What do you think they're going to do with this? Because people are saying now, which they're never going to just never release it or scrap it entirely. Way too much money was spent on this. And also they brought back Michael Keaton. And I yeah. think they need him going forward for the new like Batgirl movie. Um, they're going to like shift him into the universe. Mm -hmm. So they need to release it because it's an important part of their plans going forward. Yeah. But again, this is just, it keeps getting worse and worse every week. There's no way they're going to be able to have him on like the press tour. A bunch of questions are going to get asked about Ezra Miller mm -hmm. on that press tour. Do you think they still just hope, hope things calm down within the next year? It doesn't get even crazier. They, uh... And people will forget. And then they've they got, just release it? They've got two options. They could do what Ridley Scott did with Kevin Spacey, and they could just reshoot all of his scenes on a green screen and put him in the movie that way with a new actor, like Grant Austin or something, like throw in that flash. Right. Or they could do what Steven Spielberg did with uh, West Side Story and uh, what's his name? And just, Ansel Elgort. Yeah. Ansel Elgort just say, it's too late, here's the movie, and just release it. But right. I mean, they've got a year, so they could cram really quick reshoots and like limit his character, which is funny because it's a Flash movie. Well, he's the star, yeah, and yeah. apparently he plays multiple versions of the Flash from different universes. Which is crazy. So it's it would be extremely costly to do a reshoot of that scale and size, True. and especially this quickly because they're they're done with the movie. It's just they're doing yeah. VFX work now. So yeah, I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to just throw it on HBO Max. Maybe. 
I think they're going to hope that casual audiences, like most people, don't know who Ezra Miller is. It's not like Ezra Miller is a massive big name star anyway. Um, this is the most like famous uh, he's gotten because of all these crazy things. Um, but it's not like most casual audience mem- audience moviegoers are going to know of that situation. And so they might hope that people just aren't aware and they'll still go. They'll limit him in the marketing. I'm sure they're probably going to play up Michael Keaton's Batman a bunch. They're probably going to play a, the multiverse angle as well. They'll not have him on the press tour. And then I think they'll probably just write him out of the end of the movie. Like you said, they did with Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts where they're yeah. like, okay, if it, if the situation gets even worse, we can just leave him out of the sequel. Yeah. They're probably going to do that and use the like multiverse flashpoint thing in order to introduce a new flash. That will be the one going forward, whether it be like a replacement Barry Allen or that they being in, Grant Gustin from the Flash TV series. That'd be Grant hilarious. Gustin, thank you. I think I got mm-hmm. it wrong. Yeah, gotcha. uh, yeah that'd and be cool. That would be cool. And then, or if they just go a different route, they forget Barry Allen and go to Wally West or something. But either way, there's no way that Ezra Miller is making out of the Flash movie as the Flash. Like, they're going to have to drop him. Yeah, post-credit scene, they kill him off. And it's like it's like a it's an over the head shot, so it's not Ezra Miller, but someone that looks like him. And someone just pulls out a gun and shoots him, and then a new flash shows up. And he's like the Flash, and then he gets <laughs> his flash powers. There you go. Also, before we move on to the box office breakdown, I want you to know that I looked up the uh, three o'clock and seven o'clock showings of the thing at the Oviedo Mall, and they're all, both almost entirely empty. Except well, here's the weird part, though: both showings, the very back row is completely filled. I've been seeing that too. I don't know what they're doing. I think they're just preventing people from sitting in the back row. Which doesn't make sense because people would still just sit there. I'll send you the details I have for mine, but it was definitely like back. It was a small theater. That one was huge. Um, So I don't know. I'll double check the ticket I have. But moving on to the box office breakdown for June 10th to the 12th, Jurassic World Dominion dominated the box office. It had 145 million, which is the second biggest opening of the year. And it's not too far off from Fallen Kingdom which had 148 million. So not as big as it could have been, certainly, but not too shabby. It was it was able to beat out Maverick and Batman, which is really good because if it didn't do that, it would not not be a good box office story for Dominion. So how are you feeling that your uh, film on your roster has opened to 145 million? I am uh, feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty confident. That's a pretty good opening, you know? I'm sure glad is. that you didn't pick Top Gun Maverick. If you had, it would have been <laughs> devastating. It would. But uh, yeah, I'm, um, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty confident. I'm doing pretty good. Heck yeah. Well, we'll see about the second weekend. But Top Gun Maverick in its third weekend with 52 million, a 43% drop with a total of over the week, it is now across 400 million. Also, Doctor Strange has also crossed 400 million over the week. Uh, it just got 5 million this past weekend. So again, those two films doing quite well. But again, insane that Maverick not only got 400 million alongside Doctor Strange, but beat it out to get to 400 million first. Crazy. Ugh, can't believe we missed it on the roster, but an, an amazing, surprising uh, success story. So always fun to see that happen. Indeed. After Top Gun Maverick, of course, was Doctor Strange with only 5 million. That is 397 domestic, as we said earlier, and 930 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. The bad guys with 2.5 million. It has now cracked 90 million. So that's also been having a lot of really good holds. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if it'll be able to get to 100 million with the animation movies coming out soon. And the summer 
movie season kicking into full gear. I don't know if it'll be able to have enough legs for that, but it'll get quite close. And again, a really awesome, surprising success story for that film. Mm. Uh, after that was Bob's Burgers with 2.7 million. Down Abbey 2, 1.6 million. Everything Everywhere All at Once still holding on with 1.2 million. Firestarter coming back into the top 10 with 860,000. Yeah. This one was because Drive-Ins had a double feature with Whoa. Jurassic World. So really should not count, but I guess that's funny. They, Seven, they were able to squeeze it in. 719% increase over last <laughs> week. 719%. And it only had 860,000. So again, that's still that was doing very badly last week then. Uh, Sonic 2 made $710,000. It's crazy how in our top 10 we can range from $145 million to $710,000. I know. That's still like a product of the pandemic thing. Like yeah. we get really big openers and then at the bottom of the list it's sub $1 million, which is still crazy. Yeah. But Sonic 2 has lost 1,000 theaters that would be showing it. Its run is pretty much done after 10 weeks. It made overall $189 million domestically and $397 million worldwide. It still has... A few more uh, theater theaters that are showing it, so it will most likely cross four hundred million. It's very close. Yeah, so over time it will hit it. It opens in Japan later ah, this summer, so it'll definitely cross it there. So um, four hundred million worldwide. Good for you, Sonic too. I know, very impressive. And then Anti Sud Haraniki with six hundred twenty thousand rounding out the list. Now let's talk about some predictions for this weekend, June seventeenth to nineteenth. Lightyear. Another film on one of our rosters. This is on my roster. My animation pick mm -hmm. is coming out. Uh, it is uh, a spinoff from the Toy Story franchise. They didn't put Toy Story in the name, so that's interesting. But the most recent Toy Story had $120 million for its opening. Um, and again, it has a different voice cast. It's a whole new story. So it will be able to riff off of the Toy Story name and franchise. But it is a totally different thing in and of itself. Um, so the industry projections are kind of wild for this one. I've seen some that have put it like 60 million something, some that put it a hundred million something. The range is pretty big there. Uh, so what do you think this one is going to get? I think it has, you know, a lot of competition still. I think it's still competing with Jurassic World and Top Gun. Uh, I do think that it will reign supreme over the weekend. I think it'll top Jurassic World in its second weekend. Uh, I'm gonna say Lightyear makes eighty million opening at the most. Gotcha. I'll say eighty-five million. I wish it'd be able to get ninety million, but it doesn't seem yeah. like that'll end up being the case. Sorry, which please. is unfortunate. But eighty-five million would still put it as the best animation opening since the yeah. pandemic happened. Um, and then we'll have to see how that plays out against Minions. It's interesting they'll be opening so close together. Bro, with all those all those minions ads in front of Jurassic World, I think Dude, it's gonna make two billion dollars. Uh, apparently, because I've been seeing stories of everyone, they're like the favorite part of dress of Jurassic World Dominion was when everyone laughed hysterically at the minions trailer, and my mom was one of those people. She laughed like crazy at the minions trailer. It's gonna make when, two billion dollars. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I'm scared now, man. It might. You should be. Um. Okay. So Jurassic World in its second weekend. How do we think this is gonna hold? Um, that's a good question. I'll give it 65 million. I think a little over half, a little, a little over 50% drop. 
Gotcha. I think it'll go more than that. Closer to 60% drop. I'm going to say it'll be sub 60 million. I'll say 55 to 58 million. Alrighty then. Now we can move on to our main topic of discussion. Last week we talked about the Jurassic Park trilogy. This week we are talking about the finale as well as the two movies that lead up to it. The Jurassic World trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can start with uh, Jurassic World. It was directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Derek Connolly, and Trevorrow. At the box office, it made $653 million domestically and $1.6 billion worldwide, so a huge hit, just like the original Jurassic Park. Exactly. It was, is it still? It was, at the time, it was, it was the second, second highest grossing domestic and third highest grossing worldwide at the time of release. And is currently the eighth highest domestic and seventh highest worldwide. So still, still really, really holding on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? A massive hit for sure. Um, and this one was an interesting uh, way to go about doing the sequel because it was essentially a soft reboot. They didn't bring back any of the old characters except for Dr. Henry Wu, who at that time only was a small part in the original Jurassic Park. But I do like that they were able to bring him back. And the premise, of course, was what if the park had actually opened, which is an amazing premise, a great direction to go in for the sequel. Um, So that's great. So what are your overall impressions of this first Jurassic World that came out in 2015? So I watched it once in 2015, and I remember liking it, but I was 15 at the time. Yes. And for a long time, I thought maybe I probably wouldn't like it now because they do a lot of things here and a lot of things there. And I went to go uh, watch my DVD copy, and my DVD copy was unopened, still in the plastic wrap. <laughs> so I know I haven't seen it since 2015. Nice. So I unwrapped it, threw it in the in the DVD player, hit play, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Dude, I that's really amazing. like Jurassic World. I had a good time <laughs> at 15, and I still like it now. Like, there's faults, of course. There's things that are a little stupid, but you know, it's still. Just like they're not overcomplicating it in any way. It's just the same thing as Jurassic Park, but the park is open and they're exploring like in a way that like a lot of these reboots kind of repeat the plot of the first movie, like how Force Awakens does that, things like that. Mm -hmm. This movie is doing that in a way, but it's still original enough to where you're asking different questions than in Jurassic Park. In this one, you're asking like questions about. Uh, capitalism and commercialism in like theme right. park settings and like how they're like tricking people into feeling safe so that they can sell more products. I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought, especially as a person who works at a theme park, I had a great time. Right. Yeah. I think that also plays a factor for us that live around the amusement parks. Yeah. So that's such a like big part. There's just our recognizability. About- exactly. Yeah. What you're seeing like universal knows how to make a theme park and they know how to create a fake theme park for a movie like <laughs> exactly it's fully yeah. believable like like it looks just like how that theme park would look like it's perfectly designed exactly yeah like everything to the little like the mini man-made lake in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah in the main street thing leading up to the big like iconic uh building yeah, yeah. definitely that angle that you talked about there uh, of being able to craft a believable park, I think is great. And because, and we'll talk about it a bit more, but the reason this one I think works so well, and in my opinion, is the best sequel to Jurassic Park, is because it is able to 
follow that same sort of structure where mm. instead of us now seeing the wonder of dinosaurs for the first time, because we've already seen that and we've seen that in three films already by this point. In this one, we're now seeing the wonder of a functioning park, functioning at this point, mm. um, and seeing how all that stuff would play out. And that to me was really interesting because I'm like, okay, so what would an actual park dedicated to dinos look like? And this is, as you said, exactly it. Like they know how to make yeah. it to where this is the experience you would have. So getting to see the things like the, the little kids riding the triceratops, mm. um, getting to see the big SeaWorld attraction with the Mosasaur is what it's called, I think. Yeah. The big whale dino. That stuff's really cool. You see there's other parts where they're like kayaking through a thing and there's long necks there. There's like cool attractions there. Like That's what I'm saying. If this yeah. was a real thing, I'd want to go. That's what I'm saying, which is why it's also is good because we know from the previous movies and inherently that like this is not a good idea. But yeah. also, are you telling me you would want to go to this park? Come on. Like they're selling it so hard. Like I really want it. I feel like they had to have, as creative as these writers are, like they had to have consulted with like Universal's like creative division at their I'm theme sure. parks to get like, like what do you guys come up with to sell theme parks to get people to come? And they're like, oh, if we if it was dinosaurs, easy. We would do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. Because mm -hmm. they're, yeah. they're just professionals. They know exactly what they're doing. Agreed, yeah. And I also like, you touched on it before, of the way that they're talking about different things. Because the park is open, they're now able to, have these consumers come in and they're talking about consumerism and capitalism as you said the ways that the corporation is able to keep pulling people in and i like that there's a bit of a cynical edge to the way that they treat that consumerism mm -hmm. they talk about how after 30 years which would be the case this is like how humanity works we just get used to things rapidly so the mm -hmm. fact that t-rexes and triceratops and all these iconic dinosaurs would be not that special anymore after 30 years and so they would need to invent and create and put together uh new species of dinosaurs in order to keep attracting uh consumers to come to the park like that also would absolutely happen so i love that there's that realistic side to it and the way that they're again commenting on corporatism and whatnot there's a bit of a meta commentary there with them yeah. being able to recognize like this is kind of a Clearly a, ca a cash grab, uh, clearly them trying to build off of nostalgia and off the mm -hmm. uh, the connections people had to the original. Yeah, like and when think, uh, Jake Johnson has the Jurassic Park t-shirt that he mm -hmm. got on eBay. Right. And he's like, come on. I mean, that park was just sick. It was always I mean, it was better classic. than this. Yeah. Um, so I like, I like that they go that route. The whole thing of the Verizon Wireless Presents, the Indominus Rex. Yeah. I like that. I also think it's funny that it in itself is a product placement. Um, like you see it throughout Jurassic World, they can't help themselves either. Um, so I do like that sort of meta commentary. And I also think it's, it is made even better by the fact that I don't think it's intentional throughout and throughout the entire series, which definitely does, again, like the corporate villains are always the, um, like the human antagonist in these films. Mm -hmm. But again, you can consider... <laughs> like the soulless money grubbing uh studio executives that are signing off on these films and they're like sort of unable to recognize the parallels between them and the characters in these films i think yeah. that's funny um but yeah overall i think it really succeeds in delivering on that interesting premise of okay what if the park mm -hmm. was actually open and people were able to go in and explore it and it's fun getting to see um each of those different attractions that would actually be in place and the 
getting to see that other side of it of them now having to say, okay, no one's scared of the T-Rex anymore. We need more teeth. We need them to be scarier. We need to attract more people this way. I think all that stuff really helps capture the same sort of wonder and intrigue that the original Jurassic Park did. Mm. And every other Jurassic Park sequel, I don't think has been able to have that element and hasn't been able to deliver on that really key aspect of what made the original so successful. Yeah. I like that. Uh, the opening, the way they frame the opening is through Claire's nephews and their journey to get to Jurassic world. Like kids are the reason you make theme parks. You bring uh, intrigues that adults have to bring their kids to this theme park to entertain them. Mm-hmm. And like framing it from the kid's perspective as they're going on the boat and they're on the, uh, uh, the monorail and they're entering the hotel and they're like going through the arches and then like you have that build up to him running through the hotel room and then he opens the the balcony and you have like the first shot of uh jurassic world and you have this the big jurassic park theme playing but there's mm-hmm. no dinosaurs in the shot it's just the theme park exactly. so, like, it's, the, it's the wonder of the theme park compared to the wonder of just physical dinosaurs like at that point because dinosaurs have been around so long and they touch upon this later like Dinosaurs aren't enough. You have to create mystique around the dinosaurs with a theme park to make it more interesting. Like nobody wants to just go and stare at a dinosaur anymore. And then, you know, Chris Pratt has a little, it should be enough, you know, they're dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's just interesting that they have this whole desire to create more intrigue to, to invigorate business. And that's why they create the Indominus Rex. Exactly. Yeah. And to your point about like, it's a smart way to frame it from the perspective of the kids Again, that's another thing that this film does that they clearly took from the original, but it's good because the original was really successful in that way of having kids in there to capture the childlike wonder of seeing Mm -hmm. dinosaurs. They do the same thing with this one. They go back to the roots where they have siblings. No other Jurassic Park sequel has had that, even though they've all had um, kids. And this one, they dedicate a good chunk of the storyline to just these kids going around exploring the park, dealing with their own struggle, of like one is older one is younger their family is going through a divorce right now it's harder on the younger kid the older kid does care but also doesn't really because he's more of the teenagers more interested in his phone and looking around at the girls which i also thought was a funny moment when he was just staring at those chicks when they were going to go into the gyrosphere and the little kid's like what do you think staring at them is going to do and then they start laughing i thought that was a good moment i I agree that was funny i think it's pretty funny (laughs) um so yeah, I do like that they do that. And then, of course, they have their own little arc of like now they got to count on each other and the older son starts to be more protective of the younger son. Um, so I do like that they they gave something to those kids and had them, again, be a vessel for the audience in exploring the park, but also had their own little storyline to go along with it. Um, and talking about some of the other characters, Claire. So she's framed in the very beginning. The uptight business woman doesn't hasn't seen her nephews in like years doesn't really care for them sends them off with her assistant so she can focus on work stuff um and over the course of the film of course she has kids uh down and dirty and grimy and leave behind the businesswoman aspect and try to protect the nephews um Mm. so i think it overall works that arc i do like like it's an interesting uh character setup to have of somebody who's uh, a part of running the park um, I think that was a good entry point. And then it's sort of, again, pulling from the original, trying to have this thing of, oh, a person who doesn't like kids or isn't around them now has to try and take care of kids. 
it does not work as well as the Alan Grant one in the original because yeah, for most of the film, thing, yeah, yeah that's the whole thing. And they're they're together. Yeah, Claire is only with the kids with Owen, and they make it very clear that like Claire is not the one protecting. It's Owen. Like they wanted to be with Owen. Um, they had that line of, "Yeah, I want to stay him. with you." Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, I'll never leave you." And they're like, "No, him." Um, so I felt like that sort of undercut the idea they were going for of now she's going to try and protect them. But I guess sure the thought counts that she went around and tried to save them. Um, but again, I she never the, really ended up doing that. Yeah, I love the scene where they come across the uh, the dead brachiosaur, brontosaur, whatever it is, the long mm-hmm. neck dinosaur. Yeah. And like they have a long beat where they just watch it die. And he like says like the line of uh, the Indominus Rex uh, isn't eating it. It's killing it for sport. Yeah, I remember that like, line from the trailer. It, like when I saw it again, I had a Raven flashback to that. Yeah. And I was like, that was I remember thinking that was a good line in the trailer. It's a pretty good line because, you know, humans are the only creatures that kill for sport until now. Mm-hmm. And and then they look over and they see all the other like dozens of dead dinosaurs that it's just killing for fun. And then she like has that moment of like connecting with the animals because they like they take a long time on that beat of the dinosaur dying and it looks really good. And then she has that like, yeah, yeah, then she has that uh, reconciliation of like identifying them with identifying with them as creatures rather than products. And she like cries. Yeah, she like unleashed this thing, which is sad because like three people like like eight people have died at this point, like real people. And she didn't have that moment. But uh right, but she wasn't the there dinosaur. like as they were dying. So I guess there was yeah, that she was just watching a barrier, that emotional distance there. Um but yeah, being able to actually see the brachiosaurus or whatever it was, I think, I think was the, great. yeah, the point was like she can emotionally connect with the people who are dying, but she's not emotionally connecting to the dinosaurs until that point. Exactly, yeah. And I do think that's another good, like genuine uh beat in a character arc where yeah, she goes from treating them as assets to actual animals um something that should be protected in some way um now let's talk about owen owen grady the raptor wrangler so i think chris pratt's a good actor you do (laughs) i think he's just good i think he sells it really well i think he does in this one i think in the future ones it sort of wears on you because there's just nothing to it's just a boilerplate action hero and again he does well in this one but there's just nothing to him there's actually no arc there's he's just some dude who's able to accomplish everything and look cool while doing it that's fine um, i'm fine with it i guess enough, but it's just there's enough arcs going on with the other characters that he can just be a cool guy who can ride a motorcycle alongside raptors and you're like that's pretty badass <laughs> right I and i can dig it i do want to know how he went from being in the navy to now all of a sudden being a raptor wrangler i do wish that seems like a weird that. weird uh leap in careers there maybe uh, he went from uh training seals in the navy <laughs> to uh training real seals to training mm-hmm. raptors how dare you disrespect the navy seals <laughs> absolutely uncalled for but yeah i just think that was funny how they mentioned that and then all of a sudden you just hear as a raptor wrangler i also thought um I don't know, the first meeting of Owen and Claire, that little scene, it was just, I don't know, it was not great. But I think over time, I did enjoy their I think he was doing his together. best. I feel like there was just a writing gap. Well, yeah, the writing was not great there, but also I think yeah, their they definitely couldn't save it. And I think, they I think later in the film, I it bought builds. into it more. 
yeah, but I think that initial scene, I was like, oh, brother, this is not doing as well as I thought it was. But yeah, overall, it, it was done well. Let's talk about the Indominus Rex. So first of all, cool name. Second yeah. of all, cool idea. Third of all, cool look. not a cool design. It could have been way cooler. They're manufacturing a dino. Why wasn't it looking can't, far back? Like, well, let's let's jump a little bit to Dominion. Comparing this to the Rex that they have. Yeah. <laughs> do you? I don't know what it's called. They just say Rex. It's the Gigachatosaurus. Gigachat. Yeah. You're serious? It's Gigachat. No, that would be funny though. You know the Gigachad meme? No. I wrote it in the notes later on. You haven't seen the Gigachad meme? No. Look it up. You'll love it. <laughs> you haven't seen it with like the big Thanos chin? Oh, Gigachad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Gigachad. Yeah. Basic Gigachad. Yeah, I know the no, Gigachad. No. Yeah, so he's, we will refer to him as a Gigachadosaurus. Okay, well, I think comparing the Indominus to the Gigachad, do you think it like, <laughs> do you think the Gigachad looks better? Um, I think the design of it looks better, yes. I feel like the Indominus Rex might be simple because they did kind of just take a T-Rex model and make it white. But also, like, the terror that I feel like goes along with the Indominus Rex is that it is a T-Rex. It's supposed to be a T-Rex that's slightly bigger and has different DNA inside of it. So, like, the inside is different. That's why I can camouflage. That's why I can do all the other things. Right. But then you learn halfway through that it's not, or like two thirds of the way through, that it's not, uh, it's not mostly T-Rex, it's mostly Raptor. Mm -hmm. Which is a great, great twist. Great reveal, yeah. Yeah. When And then his line of, she's got a new alpha, or they got a new alpha, the Raptor's got a new alpha. That was pretty. I love it, yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't disagree that the idea is super cool. I'm just saying they could have made the design look cool. She also was if it were actually like white, that'd be cool too, but it was some weird like gray, Color as you well that wasn't make it striking. Like bright white. They could have. They're making. It, they're creating the dinosaur, bro. I feel. I'm gonna look up a picture of the Indominus Rex, and I'm gonna make some points to prove you wrong. Indominus Rex. I'm just saying. Well, I'm saying whatever color you end up bringing up. I'm saying it could have been whiter to make it look more striking. All right. If you look at this dinosaur, the no, idea is that. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at this dinosaur, and when I see this dinosaur, I'm thinking that it's supposed to be a T Rex when it's large like like you have that perspective of being a t-rex but when you look at the whole thing and it's not to scale with anything larger it looks like a raptor which is the point because it's mostly raptor but you don't know that because it's giant and you right. think it's it's got t-rex features but the way it stands the way that the the head is shaped it definitely has like a like the image of like the raptors that they designed in jurassic park so mm -hmm. I feel like it works. It works for me. It's very because remember this is just the first movie in a trilogy, you know, right? It's it's got a different look. It's got spines all over its back. It's got uh, scary bloodshot eyes. It works for me. It makes gotcha. it. It gives me the impression of something that is more terrifying than just a plain T Rex, but could still be beaten by a T Rex in a one to one fight. It. If if a certain thing could happen, which is that blue shows up. Right. Yeah. Which we'll get to that. Yeah, I don't know. It just sort of to me it felt underwhelming with the prospects of what they could have done with like designing a dinosaur. But I think it I mean it's serviceable. Um, so yeah, that's okay. Let's talk about blue and yeah. these raptors. So I, I do think it's funny, like in hindsight with the entire trilogy. They make this raptor relationship such a big part of it. I think it was a smart, again, sort of like a 
consumerist choice on the part of the studios, somewhat similar to the attraction, the people designing the attractions and the actual story yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. But how they're like, okay, we need a dino. We need like a dino, a dino they can the dino. connect with. A did dino that they can connect with, and can be like this through line throughout all the films, and then we'll be able to sell a bunch of toys off of it. So. I think the idea of that is pretty cool, but they really didn't develop the relationship that much at all. Yeah. Like the the partner Owen has, I don't know his name, but that's Barry, in the first movie. Barry, is that true? I'm going to look it up. I'm pretty sure it's Barry because he shows up in the third movie. Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was funny. That was pretty cool. Um, but he spent more time with Blue and the other actors than Owen did. Um, and yet we're meant to believe that Owen has this deep, unbreakable connection with blue to the point that blue will fight uh an indominus rex come in to save the day for the t-rex despite not having Mm -hmm. any affiliation or connection with that t-rex yeah um again just because the audience doesn't want the t-rex to get got so blue has to come in and save the day but it is barry what i think they say early on is that owen does like it's a stupid word but he like imprints on them when they're younger when they're born and like he they do show in the second movie that he is like training with them since they were young mm-hmm. and it is their alpha in a way. Like he described himself as that. What I don't like about the Raptors is that in the very first bit of the movie, when we first meet Owen, a trainer falls into the cage and Owen rushes in and he does the thing that he always does <laughs> where he puts his hand out. The hand like, thing. Whoa there. Whoa there. He's and the guy goes back me. in the cage. Yeah, you know me. And then, like, he's able to stall them back for a second. But then when he rushes out, they still charge like they're trying to kill him. So, like, even if he does have a relationship, they're still wild animals and still will kill if they're hunting. Like, of course. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of the movie, he can interact with them. And they're pretty much not going to attack him. And that's true true for Blue for the rest of the series is that Blue will show up and then he'll do the thing where he puts the hand out. And and you're like, oh man, if he doesn't do the right thing, blue will blue will attack him, and then blue just doesn't. Right. And it's like yeah. blue's still a wild animal. Like even if you develop a relationship with blue, at certain points, blue will still attack. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I do think the whole the plot point of the Raptors now that they know they can be trained somewhat effectively, that people would come in and want to use them for military operations. Yeah, I, like I thought that. that was a good idea to introduce because mm-hmm. that also probably would be something that would end up happening in real life. Um, they made the the guy that's advocating for that, though, such a total schmuck, which I guess they have to do. But I just thought it was yeah. funny that in the scene, he's just going on like this long monologue and they don't give in contrast to like how Ian Malcolm would react to this. Chris Pratt just says nothing except at the end. He's like, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> like... I just thought it was funny. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't have any argument. He's just, at the end of it, he's like, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Well, to be fair, he's a different, be he, is, he is a different character. I agree. I'm just saying. Like, like, I feel like his reaction was in character. And he is constantly opposed. I like Vincent D'Onofrio well, in this role. I think he's really good. I think he, he like plays a sleazebag really well and sells that really well. Like, I love the scene where he's on top of the helipad and he's watching the destruction of Jurassic world. And you can see the hint of like success on his face. Like he's happy that this is happening so that he can do a a test run of the Velociraptors to sell to military contractors. Like he's, I love that the entire time 
all this disaster is happening and he's still making moves to succeed in his own way. And then at the very end, he's still trying to do that. And then a velociraptor shows up and everything is just gone from like his head. And he's just like, don't kill me. Just don't kill me. Like everything was just so futile because a velociraptor just shows up and eats him anyway. Right. Like, what's the point of doing all these things and pushing so hard to create like velociraptors in the military and like, like this being your one goal. If like, there's still that threat of death existing if you're on that. Like, like it's just crazy to think that everything is just gone in a second. That he's like, he's like, wait, don't kill me. Mm-hmm. Like that's that becomes his primary concern. Like everything else is gone, and that happens a lot with all the villains in the Jurassic Park it's series. True. I do. They're so dead set on whatever they're trying to do that they don't even think about what's going on around them until they're right about to die, and they have that like bit of uh clarity of like what have i done in just a second and then they, then they die right exactly and i do think it's funny that his death continues the theme which was established in the original Jurassic park of uh the villain character when they talk to the dinos and of course they're all female but him and nedry they both go come down boy boy chill like they do that as they're trying not to get killed which i think is funny and indicative of the fact that they don't actually care about the dinosaurs because they don't care enough to know that they were all engineered to be female um so i think that's a funny little thing that they throw in there every time that mm-hmm. some big villain needs to get taken down they always yeah. as they're begging for their life say come down boy come down boy mm-hmm. instead of clever girl or something like that did you um, like all the uh bits of like theme park destruction that are happening in the latter half of the movie where everything's just turning to chaos yeah i mean that's Me really, really fun i also liked uh jimmy buffett <laughs> Getting those double margaritas. Yeah, bro. I love the whole thing. I think it's great. I love the assistant's death. That was it's so just so long and brutal. And I'm like, I remember being 15 and watching in the theater, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, they really go for it. I was like, damn. It was hardcore. She did. I mean, she's just an assistant. She like, she didn't deserve the air And then dropped and eaten by uh, a mesosaur. Mesosaur? Right. Jesus. Mosasaur. Mosasaur, yeah. Going oh, back damn. to the the point about Owen though, and his response to the Warhawk dude, I mm-hmm. agree that it was in character, in character if you can call it that, of just being the boilerplate action hero. But sure. yeah, he was opposed to it throughout the whole thing. But there are times where he's going back and he's like, "These animals can't be controlled." And then later on, he's like, "Don't do this to my animals, to like his raptors." And then at the end of the thing, they, as the park is like crumbled, they evacuate the people. And then he's like, okay, we're going to go in and use these raptors to kill the Indominus. Owen doesn't really need to be a part of that. He knows by doing that, that's going to prove that they can be controlled in some capacity. Like, they could have just left the island. They didn't need to stop the Indominus. Or at least Owen didn't need to be a part of the Warhawk dude who was trying to show the raptors can be used um, in the field. He didn't have to do that. But he's, he's doing it for the raptors. Like, he didn't want the raptors to die because of mismanagement. Well, I mean, there's still a large possibility they could die one way, way or another. Well, he was going to do it one way or another. He was like, I might as well be there to protect my, my pack. Right. I'm the alpha. I got to protect my pack. I'm not the alpha anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I truly believe that. Because then he doesn't, I mean, he's not with his pack for any of the rest of the time. Anyhow. Well, they show up. Well, they die. And then they show up. Blue shows up at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they die anyway. But any other final thoughts you have about 
Jurassic World. I think it's so sad when he's staring at, I think, Echo or something, and they're just looking at each other, and then a missile comes and just blows him up. I thought that was very sad. But uh, mm. final thoughts. I like the final battle, but I think it's... I think it's stupid that every one of these movies ends with the T-Rex beating whatever the villain is and then T-Rex is Apex. Right. Like, yeah. it just gets so phoned in by the last one. <laughs> like, this one's believable to where, like, the T-Rex is getting owned and then it gets a little help from Blue and then they just get the jump on it and it gets eaten by a, a, a Mosasaur. The Mosasaur. I thought that was really cool. I still remember that yeah. from the theater being like, that was that was great having so that like, one take it down. Yeah, so, like, it's believable enough here, but then it just gets phoned in. Throughout the rest of it, but overall, really liked it. Had a very fun time watching it. You don't have to think too seriously about a lot of plot if you don't want to, but you can about certain parts, which is nice. So I dug it. Yeah, I think my other final thoughts would just be I thought it was strange that the guy that they have as the owner of the park now, he was talking about how Hammond entrusted him with his dream or whatever, which is not the case at all in the lost world hammond was completely opposed to the park lost world ends with him being like finally we can just let them exist on their own as natural beings and here they frame it as if hammond was wanting to restart the park in some way which i feel like betrays his whole arc in the original jurassic park so i don't really like that they threw that in it could have been that this dude's possibly lying in some way um but then they also sort of frame him and it was weird how they framed him because the one character that's in the control room when she goes out into the helipad and, and is like crying as he's about to leave and go in the helicopter and then she's crying when he dies and the helicopter gets destroyed they do that to i guess make us feel an attachment and be like oh we don't want him to die but then in other times they have him be somewhat callous about like the deaths that are going on and not wanting to have the park shut down just because of these few deaths happening so it was yeah, weird how overall, they tried to frame I his character. Think, I think I like his character, but I feel like there wasn't enough work done to make him super solid. Like, I like mm-hmm. the idea they're doing where he's this, like, big picture CEO that's like John Hammondish, where he's like, how are the dinosaurs? I don't want the numbers. How are the dinosaurs? You can tell when you go near them. Like, he's like this big picture guy who doesn't really care about the numbers or anything. Like, I like that impression of him. Right. And then... But that's like the very superficial bit of him when it gets down to like the nitty gritty. He's very John Hammond-ish where like they're in the room and he's like, wait, we can't just shut down the park. Like we're going to lose money. Like he he like shows kind of his true colors. Right. I just think it's weird that when the going gets tough, he like bucks up and hops in the helicopter and takes off to go take down the Indominus Rex. I was like, John Hammond never would have done that. (laughs) John Hammond didn't do it in the first movie. That's true. He just sits around. It's it's just like, I feel like he wouldn't. I feel like that was the only out of character moment where he was like, who else is going to fly this? And then puts on the sunglasses and is like, (laughs) let's go get him, boys. Yeah. I was like, what? It was strange framing for him. I think they just needed to kill him, and that's the way they did it. I think so. Great shot, though, when the helicopter crashes and the Indominus Rex is running away from it. I remember Mm -hmm. that from the trailer. I do, too. Yeah. That was the money shot. That is the money shot right there. Okay, so out of how many Owen Grady outstretched hand gestures out of five? I'm going to give it a four. A four? Wow. You did really like this film. I do like this movie a lot. I'm giving it a strong 3.5. I really Really, like it. You think it's equivalent to Jurassic World 
the Jurassic Park, the Lost World. Yeah. Well, again, that's why I was going back and forth. I was a between a three or three point five for Lost World, and then I gave it a three point five. I'm less confident in giving that a three point five than I am this. I do really like it, but as I talked about, there are some faults here and there, things that don't really make sense. But for the most part, it's a fun, really fun entry into the Jurassic World. Yeah, but I have the ability to ignore the bad written parts because dinosaurs are cool and we're <laughs> having a real good time. Look, I agree, I agree. Okay, so now let's talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, directed by J.A. Bayona, written again by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow. This time the box office it had $417 million domestic and $1.3 billion worldwide. So it's following the same pattern as the original and diminishing returns for each film. We'll see how that plays out for Jurassic World Dominion. But Owen and Claire return. Again, they carry the theme of just not continuing with the kids, although Jurassic World Dominion did carry over the kid character. Um, And then Dr. Wu also returns, and we get a pretty uh, brief but interesting cameo from Ian Malcolm. Uh, So the premise this time is they're going to save the dinos from the island that has a major volcano somehow that we never knew. so I'll be honest. I did not rewatch this film in preparation for this because you I son of a bitch. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I did watch a like uh, a good chunk of it when it was came on cable TV uh, a few months ago with my dad, and that was enough for me. You rewatching bitch. that part, it was enough for me because it's just I think it's very very bad. But what are your thoughts? I thought, because I this movie came out in 2018, and I didn't watch when it came out, and I hadn't watched it until now because I didn't want to, but then we were doing the show, and I was like, I can't just not watch it. Mm-hmm. So I had to rent it, which sucked, and then I had to watch it, which sucked more. Uh I didn't know what it was going to be going into it because all I heard were bad things. And I knew there was something about a girl and a clone and things like that. And like a bunch of stupid stuff about dinosaurs in a mansion or something. And I started the movie and I think, you know what? It's 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 mediocre. You know, the first half of it where they're going to the island and they're trying to do the stuff on the volcano. You know, it's mediocre. It's you know, it's whatever. Who cares? You know, it's not it's not as bad as people are saying. Right. Then they get off the island. (laughs) Then they take the dinosaurs to a mansion and then they put them in stone cages, stone cages that any dinosaur could feasibly easily break out of, especially Mm -hmm. an Indoraptor, whatever that is. I can't believe it didn't (laughs) break out of that. Right. I can't believe it just sat there. And it just, it just gets so, it just progressively gets so unbelievably bad. (laughs) That I just hated it. Like, I could probably sit down and watch the first half of it again and be fine. But the second mm-hmm. they get off that island and are back in California, bad, terrible, right. just absolutely atrocious. Yes. Couldn't stand it. I mean, one, <laughs> they are like, like auctioning dinosaurs is okay. It's a cool idea. And that's the thing. All of these films, every single one of them have really cool ideas and cool like shots or images here and there. The problem is when it's surrounded by a completely mind numbingly 
dumb and boring story around it. And that's what this one is. Like I saw portions of that like final half when they're off the island in my rewatch. So mm. probably that's why I'm being a bit more unforgiving towards it because I didn't see the first half again. And I will say, uh, to its credit, the scene, which they had all over the trailers, um, of them like leaving as the island is getting blown up and uh, Claire and that one dude are in the gyrosphere and it goes off the edge. I thought that stuff worked pretty well as an action set piece. And I also think the scene of the Brachiosaurus or whatever it was um, that gets left on the island, on the pier as they're sailing away. I thought that was a powerful shot and image as well. Um, And I also liked Ian Malcolm quite a bit, like him coming back and giving some sort of testimony uh, about like we should let these creatures die. Yeah. Uh, like they were here long before us, and if we're not careful, and they'll be here after. Like I thought that stuff was cool, and that's about <laughs> as many good things as I have to say about this. I just so, don't get any choices in the second half of the movie. I just don't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> why? <laughs> why does? Bruh. <laughs> you just can't okay, even put it I'm going to start from the worst choice and work my way backwards. Okay. Why does the clone girl open the gate at the very end? Yes. Here's the thing. Because they're like her because she's a clone? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? We'll get to this as well because uh, it just grinds my gears. And Jurassic World Dominion is made a lot worse by having her in it. And then the way that they completely go against this whole thing they set up here. But they have Clone Girl. Okay. Terrible, stupid, annoying. I can't believe they did it. But then they have them, (laughs) Owen and Claire and them. And then they see all these creatures and they're trying to get out. And thankfully, Claire and Owen, they make the rational decision to maybe we shouldn't unleash these people onto the entire world. Like, I Um, like that bit where, like, she goes through it and I was like, bruh, if she opens that, I'm going to be so mad. And then she doesn't. And I'm like, okay. I know. Her initial instinct is she should save these lives, but she knows the consequences that she doesn't do it. And okay, that's cool. Like, like, finally, it made a right decision. And then the gates are opening. Like, what the fuck? And they turn to the girl and she's doing it. And she's like, they're like me. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? You know what you just did? You just killed dozens, if not hundreds of people. In the, Uh, the very opening of Jurassic World Dominion, they say there are 37 Relate dinosaur related deaths last year. She's Which, responsible for the deaths of thirty seven people. It would be far higher than that, realistically. Yeah, after f- over four years. Like, come on. And well, that uh, was it. Was the death of the previous year was thirty seven. Oh, okay. So gotcha. in one year, it was thirty seven. Gotcha. Which and not to I mention, feel like it should be more. Not to mention the impact on all the ecosystems, all of your pets that are dead now. Everyone has to have indoor pets. <sighs> Jesus Christ! All the livestock that got killed all the just wild animals that are destroyed from having oh, new invasive species that are like so crazy juggernauts every single one of them so yeah that whole bit the clone girl stuff i think is stupid having john hammond have this random partner that we never heard of again i don't know why they're trying to retcon stuff so much with john hammond um they do it again in dominion yeah, in relation to this clone lot. girl um i just don't understand why they keep doing that that whole stuff was very very dumb oh i do one other point that is a positive of this film. I do love how cheeky and villainous the Indoraptor is. That one scene when he does a little smirk as he's toying with the one guard. I thought it was pretty good. You like that? Yeah. Did you not like that? I thought it was funny. I don't know. I don't really like the Indoraptor that much. 
They just shrunk down the Indominus Rex and made it a raptor. I agree. Yeah, that's. I like the gold detailing on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's unique. Me too. But bro, the whole final fight where they're just on top of the the glass case and they're just staring at each <laughs> so other for like stupid. three minutes. It's so. And then stupid. Blue just lands on like body slams him in, mm-hmm. through the glass, and he just lands on the Triceratops thing, bro. Yeah, that, that was quite dumb as well. Everything in the mansion was just bad. It was 40 minutes, 50 minutes of them just in this house doing random shit. Mm-hmm. Obnoxious. I can't believe they thought they could just put dinosaurs in a stone fucking cage. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? That's all we need. They're fine. Right. Such fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, not great. Any other points you want to bring up about Fallen Kingdom? I just, as much as it was written bad, I also thought it was boring. And that's not good. Like, if you're going to write something and not have it be good, at least entertain me while it's bad. Yes. I just thought it was boring. I thought it was dumb. And I was not having a good time in the second half. The first half, I was like, I'm at least slightly entertained by all the dinosaurs that are in the action and like the lava and all that stuff. Like, it's like, it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. And I can live if the rest of the movie's like this. And it wasn't. It was just boring. It just became boring and, and overcomplicated and stupid. It became way too overcomplicated. Yeah, for sure. The first uh, Jurassic World was so simple. You put people in a park, you make the park go bad. Yes. What are you doing here, man? Even <laughs> even the Lost World was simpler than this. They're just going to steal dinosaurs to make a new Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park 3, it's just a rescue mission. Clearly, clearly entertainment comes from very simple plots and you overcomplicated it and now it's bad. Right. Yeah, I don't know if that'd be the, like the biggest criticism I'd love you towards it. Because what is it? Because I feel like, right, is it not the basic premise, at least of the first half is pretty simple. Save dinos from Exploding Island. I also yeah, think that's it's why interesting. I liked yeah, the way they did like the activists as well, the animal activists, I think. Yeah, that's why I thought the, it, the first half was fine because it was so simple. They're just going to save dinosaurs. It's, it's just right. another rescue mission. The second but half the though, second half is so overcomplicated with all the clone shit that right. I don't care. Agreed, yeah. Also, why does... Why does the grandpa who knows that this guy is crazy because he's bringing dinosaurs into a home go, call the police for me. Do it. I'm telling you to call the police on yourself. Not <laughs> expecting this guy to kill him. Right. Why would you go to somebody like, you did a bad thing. I want you to call the police on yourself. What a fucking loser. <laughs> no wonder you died, you stupid shit. Privileged bitch. I'm going <laughs> to give it, I'm going to give it two, two out of five. I'm going to give it a two. Really? So you're putting this on the same level as... Uh, the first Jurassic- half gets a three, the second half gets a one. It averages out to a two. <laughs> That's so incredible. I'm giving it a two. Um, I, think okay. it's a, I think it's just slightly worse than Jurassic Park 3. Gotcha. I think it's a bit... I think it's, I think it's slightly worse because I think they're both as poorly written as one another, but at least Jurassic Park 3 is entertaining. I agree with that. Like At parts, it does really stand out. If the um, whole movie was like... The first half of the movie, if the whole they like stretch that concept of saving the dinosaurs off the island to the whole thing and just cut out the entire second half, I'd probably give it a three. Yeah, could have been quite quite good if they went well, with that good, route. Well, not but at least at least entertaining. It sure. would have been a three. It would have been. A three. I am gonna say one point five dino auctions out of five. Yeah, get. I really did not like this one. Yeah, but also again, I only rewatched the extremely bad part. But yeah, I'm still gonna give that mofo one point five the worst of the franchise for me 
I think for Me you too. as well. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, this was terrible. All right. Now we're getting into Jurassic World Dominion. So the most yeah. recent film just came out last week. We are going to do a full spoiler talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it uh, and then come back and listen. Director was someone Colin... else supposed to direct this instead of Colin Trevorrow? I uh, forget. This was like this was like 2017 news. I don't know if they ever had anyone specifically named. I know Colin Trevorrow initially wasn't going to be doing any future ones because he was going to be on Star Wars. Then that fell through. And then he returned to Dominion. I don't know if anyone got kicked out of the director's chair for his return. Um, But yeah, so he returns. Derek Connolly and Trevorrow once again are writing it. So what's your overall impressions of this film? Which I'm not even going to go into the premise because, well, the premise that we were promised was dinos are now out in the world. How do we deal with this? Which would have been so cool. It's very new. Very interesting. We only got a glimpse of that in the Lost World with San Diego. Mm. Now they're actually like integrating into the world. So how do we deal with that? That was what we were pitched on mm. from the end of the previous film. And they didn't go that route <laughs> at all. Um, so what are your opening impressions with this film? So this film got the worst reviews of any of the Jurassic movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's at a red on the Metacritic, which is crazy that Fallen Kingdom wasn't. I know, that is shocking. Beyond belief. But, so I had really low expectations going into it. I had to drive all the way to Altamont to go to an AMC. And I, like, I only like, like, I like AMC and I like going there more than Regal because I think it's nicer. And I'm willing to do the drive to go see, like, a really cool movie in Dolby. But I didn't want to go all the way for Jurassic World Dominion. I was really trying to find a way to, to stream it somewhere. But, of course, it's not anywhere. It's the second weekend. It's only in theaters. Right. I was like, fuck. So I had to drive all the way to AMC, which is half an hour away from where I am, to go watch this movie. And uh, I was upset. I was like, this is going to be bad. I'm not going to like it. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, I agree. that I, the... I think it's really, really bad. I agree that it's really, really bad. Yes. But I had so much fun watching it that I kind of liked it. Yeah, the low expectations, I think, helped for sure. Definitely. And I also agree a lot of it is bad, but there's a lot of it that I truly enjoyed watching. And I don't know, because it's getting a lot of flack. Like, a lot of people are hating it. Yeah. Um, But I feel, at least, certainly with the original cast coming back together, that worked for me. Like, yeah. they were prominent parts of it. Yeah. Certainly, like, Laura Dern and Sam Neill, which I was surprised about, mm-hmm. that they had such prominent roles in there. And I enjoyed it. I liked having them back together. Um, we'll get to it, but a lot of the dino stuff later in the film, I think, worked. Um, there are definitely things that drag it down, but I don't think they they truly compromise the entire film. But there are some sections that I'm like, whoa, this is this is quite bad. Um, yeah. And a lot of them deal with the clown girl stuff. Well, I'll go on a whole rant about that later on. But, yeah, I agree. It's it's bad, but it's not that bad of a time. So <laughs> that's Jurassic World Dominion in a nutshell. Pretty much. Um, so let's talk about the very the opening of the film. They do this now this opening. And it's also, did they, it. did they get the actual now this people to do it? Because it looks exactly like <laughs> how they were doing it. Like they give video creds to the people sending in the clips. They put the locations at the top left of the corner. Like it was exactly I know, but like I really, now this opening. I really hate that that's how they chose to open it. Right. I the Jurassic the Jurassic series is supposed to have really cool openings. Like Jurassic Park has the Velociraptor opening. Jurassic World has the Velociraptor cracking out of the egg opening. Like to open with like a new segment just to to fill in the gaps of what's happened over four years, it's just so weak. Yeah, I agree. I and I generally do like 
the trope because they do this in dawn of the planet of the apes and i remember that being like the first time i really saw it and i love that sort of trope of just getting to see of like how would that actually play out like if i were a person in the world where this were happening that's how i'd be getting the information about it so it'd be interesting to see how um it would be getting conveyed uh to the average person but this is a dino movie i do not want to see a reporter reporting on dino attacks you could just I show me dino incredible attacks. dino attacks and up in one of the earliest trailers they had the t-rex at like a drive-in thing and it and didn't not show up it's it not didn't show up i'm so mad it didn't show up bro i was waiting the entire time i remember i was they were in italy and they were fighting these dinosaurs i'm like i don't know how the fuck they're gonna end up in a drive-in here like where the, <laughs> how are they gonna get there and then right. about like 10 minutes before the ending i was like oh they're never gonna get there how stupid <laughs> And then they showed, started showing the clips of like the dinosaurs in the real world as like the final few. And I was like, oh, this is where they're going to show the T-Rex and they're going to end on it. And then they end on a Triceratops walking with elephants. I'm like, the Triceratops, the dinosaur that has barely been in this entire series, mm-hmm. why would you not end on the T-Rex or right. the raptor or the Brachiosaur? It should have ended on the Brachiosaur who is eating off of the uh, the Redwoods and then he lands down hard and it ends just like the first dinosaur we ever see is a Brachiosaur and he's eating off of a tree and he lands. It should have ended like that, and it would have been awesome. Right. I, yeah, I agree with that. That would have been cool. I do like, we'll talk about it, but those images at the very end, I do think were cool, but they make no sense. Um, But the not having that T-Rex attack, because they do have one where it's like these fishermen people, and then a Mosasaur comes out and bites a cage yeah. and pulls it down. And it wasn't that interesting. There was no tension at all. Like The thing just came out of nowhere. I was like, that was a very poorly done scene. They should have had that T-Rex going in through the drive-in as the opening. But apparently that's just like a short snippet that they posted online somewhere in that they just... Like a promotional inc- thing? Yeah, a promotional thing that just didn't include in the film, which I think is wild. But yeah, It's I a great to, concept. It is. I wanted to see, like, see how humans are dealing with these dinosaurs coming into their lives now and often getting eaten by them. Instead, we just got the, like, report from now this. And then, of course, it's a bunch of exposition about biosyn. And how they've, there's not that many dinosaurs out in the world anymore because they're all getting round up by Biosyn and put into a little facility. And we basically just do another park, but not really a park because we don't get any of the wonder of exploring it's the, nature like, the attractions or anything like that. Um, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know why they went that direction of let's do a park again. They totally should have just had us dealing with dinosaurs out in the world, in cities and neighborhoods and all that stuff instead of putting them in another secluded forest somewhere yeah yeah i don't know that was quite quite odd that they did that um okay let's talk about the old gang well i guess like the old gang is our original characters but let's talk about the jurassic world trilogy characters they come back claire is trying to free random dinos with the two characters from the last film that i don't remember the name uh chris Dr. Pratt. Zia rodriguez and the other one nice um uh it's uh hang on i have it right here franklin webb franklin franklin and zia never could have guessed yeah. uh we have chris pratt who is going around wrangling dinos like a cowboy yeah. somehow able to <laughs> lasso that creature and then also as hold on to it just because it running. has a pivot point, yeah. I know, like that makes no sense. And then he does the hand thing again. This is getting out of hand, man. 
him yeah, out of hand. Every, <laughs> out of every creature he sees, he does that. Like the thing was just running away from him. It's held by the neck by this thing. Why I think they should have he... had a scene where he and Claire fights and he does that to Claire. <laughs> whoa. That would have been amazing. That would have been iconic. And they shoot it exactly <laughs> like the, the, the running dinosaur thing where it's like he, he's like at a lower angle and he's like like reaching up and it's just very slow in one shot. Then she just gets pissed. That would have been amazing. That would have been so cool. It's just his um, go-to for everything. <laughs> they really should have done that. Um, so yeah, that stuff was ridiculous um and then now we have them living out this rural backwoods lifestyle mm -hmm. with the clone chick they're calling and they're her at daughter. the cabin that he was building in the second movie what do i think is kind of neat didn't remember that he was building a cabin the maybe um, you want to build a cabin <laughs> the that's the only part i liked in the second movie is that he's building a cabin i was like that's pretty badass i kind of want to build a <laughs> cabin now nice uh so yeah, they're dealing with the clone chick and she's upset about having to be kept inside and kept secluded and sheltered. She wants to leave the home and explore the world outside. And so she's in a bad setup, if you ask me. Like, I feel like... Keyword. We'll get keyword. to it. Good setup. Never comes back around. So right. that was just like boring, nonsensical conflict to have at this point in the film, um, which again, doesn't go anywhere, which is very shocking. So they have that. What I truly don't understand is the situation with Blue. So yeah. it seems like, did something happen? Like, did they have a falling out? Because Blue does not seem happy with Owen. Owen does not seem to trust Blue at all anymore. But for some reason, they're living close to each other in the same woods. Uh, I just don't understand what's going on. I think... I mean, I think they're just animating a raptor to look like a raptor and you think it's mad. But I feel like the only time that Blue gets mad is once Beta gets taken and, like, she's just lashing out at Owen. Again, we're assuming the feelings of a velociraptor. But <laughs> sure, this is the impression that I think they're trying to give is that uh, Blue is upset that her child has been kidnapped and then Chris Pratt promises that he will get it back and then somehow the Velociraptor understands and leaves. But I feel like up until that point, she's not upset. She's just well, I a think defensive so. mother. Because she goes up, I guess, but she goes up to like the clone girl and then Owen comes up and has to do the hand thing and it's like, oh, slow down, girl. I feel, I don't know, it seems strange that they have this problem, connection and they're living together. It feels weird that she would think she needs to be an extremely defensive mother around her wrangler that she's known for her whole life my biggest problem is that they're either they need to either pull back or go all the way in terms of making blue be an animal that has feelings like i feel like there's too much of it being a wild animal still or just not enough like either make it a full wild animal that you've trained or make it like a cartoon animal that has feelings and just go all the way with it so that we can buy into it there's right. too much of an inkling of both where like they're trying to balance out. This is like a cartoon Velociraptor that could have feelings and like talks and it has, it has like a good time, but it's also a wild <laughs> realistic animal that can attack you. Right. And it's like, no, you got to choose one. Yeah. And they, they try and have it both ways because they want to manufacture this conflict of, oh, is Blue going to attack Owen? We know Blue is never going to actually do that. Yeah. In the first um, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, that'd be exactly. great though is if blue just eats owen <laughs> and then the entire rest of the movie is just the jurassic park gang that would have been extremely wild uh but yeah it's 
like we know they're going to end up reconciling in a way as much as you can do with a velociraptor wherein they don't eat your face so i don't know it just seems every time they do it it's like there's no tension here we know how it's going to end and they've done it for the previous two movies i think both times of blue uh oh uh oh is she is she turning against him but no she she ends up not doing anything let's talk about dodson we got dodson here i can't believe I can't believe it. That's what you were talking about when you were saying the IMDb credits. Yes, that's what got week. spoiled for me is that Dodgson comes back. And I was like, what? 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 <laughs> I didn't know. I had no idea to what degree he would come back. I thought he would just be like a cameo where like she shows up and then like they do a little bit of like a, an exposition of like, I'm the reason Jurassic Park failed initially. And they like they do something cheesy like that. I didn't think he was going to be in charge of Biosyn and <laughs> he was the main the villain. villain. And also like a Steve Jobs-esque kind of character that's just very wacky and weird. Right. What a weird way to to approach that character for Lewis Campbell. Like I was like, what, what? I know, quite strange. I also can't believe that Richard Parker, after dealing with radioactive spiders, he's now dealing with these engineered dinos. What a turn for him. Yeah. What a but, turn. but, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That and it's no other character knows the significance of Dodgson being back. It's just a thing for the audience. It's just the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess it was kind of cool, like a way to tie things back together for the entire franchise. I was franchise. fully expecting exposition to happen where he says that he's the one who paid Nedry to fail the park. Because, mm-hmm. like, they still don't know that's what happened. Nobody exactly. knows. So I was waiting for that to happen, and it just never did. And I was, like, I was kind of hoping for that kind of payoff because I'm, like, if you're going to make him such a prominent role, at least have him have that comeuppance where he, like, goes crazy and, like, reveals his master evil plan of, like, taking over the genetic game and then, like, it's eaten by the T-Rex or something. Right, exactly. So, with Malta, where they go to Malta, and then they meet with the old partner that Owen had, yeah. and then they're trying to do this thing on underground black market dino sales, and then there's a whole chase throughout the city, and then he's driving through the streets with the Velociraptors yeah. chasing him and whatnot. Good idea, but wow. This was the part of the film that I was most uninterested and bored in. It just felt like stupid, mindless, terribly done action. And I, I kind of liked it. You kind of liked it? I just thought it was so... Like the cartoon villains of the the dude with the tattoo and then the yeah. the one girl I, that like just struts around, doesn't really I try thought, I thought that uh, a lot of the shots of the Velociraptors and incorporating them into the action seeds didn't work. Like, it was cut really weird. Mm-hmm. But overall, start to finish, I kind of liked it. Like, it, it was very much like a nonstop action scene. And they, like, went for it. It, it, it. Like, it starts off, and I'm watching, and I'm like, when did this become a spy thriller? When did That's this become saying. a James Bond movie? There was like, a, they had a hand-to-hand combat scene with Owen Grady and then that other dude he's they have chasing. earpieces and I'm i know like, i'm like what they're like doing this i was like when this did we get thriller. so far from jurassic park where there's and like no I just, hand-to-hand combat and then i just ignored it accepted that they were doing this and i really liked it like i, I had to ignore it because i was also I like had, they're going for it time. but it's not good i was thinking it's funny time. he to the i don't know what these creatures were but owen did it again he did the hand thing to like two t-rex sized things yeah. They totally would have munched his arm off. I thought that was so funny. I also thought it was funny when they were fighting in the pit with the other dinosaurs and everybody's still betting, but there's also two, <laughs> like an Allosaur and a T-Rex fighting in the background mm-hmm. and nobody cares. And then yeah. there's the dude and on fire like on and the fire. dude tries to help him and then he catches on fire and then they both get eaten. Right. 
I, I, I kind of liked it. It was kind of stupid and, and ridiculous, and it worked for me. It was. It worked it, in the sense that it was so bad that I liked it. Yeah, for me, it was just too absurd, and I was like, wow, this is this is not great. Um, so let's talk about now a good part of the film that I did enjoy, even though, again, the writing, not great. But we like these characters. We like the performers. And they still had good uh, dynamics with each other. The original gang back together. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum. So I thought the way they tried to get them back together was contrived. It really didn't make sense. I don't know why if Ian was already in Biosyn, which was. why was he working with Biosyn? Did they are they paying him? He to was there lecture negatively against philosopher. dinosaur. Why do you need an in-house philosopher for a I don't know <laughs> genetics company? And the philosopher is against genetics. I don't know or using genetics in the way you're doing. That makes no sense. And if he's I think already, the idea is that they're like we're gonna bring in this opposite opinion to balance out our egos so that we make the right choices and then it just doesn't work i think if they do it as like a public ploy uh, to show like we are different from jurassic park we have jurassic yeah. park's greatest critic on our payroll i think that would that seems like a logical explanation i think that was the it. idea but they never really hammered that point they didn't on. no it was kind of strange um so that was kind of weird and again why did he need laura dern to come and take the sample if he already had like the access key card if he was already working with Ramsey, why did Laura Dern need Sam Neill to come with her in order to be like a witness? He could have grabbed anyone. And also, you have the sample. Why do you need a witness for the sample if you have the actual thing? Anyway, it doesn't make sense why they got them back together. But who cares? Because I so uh, like them yeah. Together. So so the movie studio said we need these three characters to come together, and they said we don't really know why they would come together, but this is what happens. They said just put and the movie together. studio said here's a hundred million dollars. Go make us a movie. <laughs> Two hundred million dollars, I'm sure. Oh, um the so yeah getting them back together i thought was cool and they still look great sam neil especially that dude's like 70 something years old really and he looks yes he's jesus good for him and he was he out there good. running from dinos climbing That's ladders. I, I was waiting to see and he they actually had him running um in a scene so i thought that was pretty good um yeah i really i thought laura dern was the highlight of this one i like that she's yeah. still able she to still kills it. hold her own do her action stuff which is amazing um she's she was still, able to pull ellie sattler like that like she exactly. can still do that yeah. role good for she her still imbues like every line with just this intrigue even though again all the lines were not great um and i do like that they gave her a little emotional uh moments here and there as well when she's talking with the clone girl and is reassuring her about her mother so i did i did like that they did that i also like ian malcolm they did give him some lines and monologues where he's all indignant and upset at the bios and people and he's like you guys are being exploited for your your love of dinosaurs. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And also, Henry Wu comes back. Now with longer hair. He's a much more broken man. Um, I thought that was an interesting turn to have on him. Now he's trying to stop the locust that he yet again created. Um, I can't believe he has so much character. <laughs> I can't believe in this trilogy he's in it so much. He's Especially in this movie specifically. I think he's what? He's tied with Ian Malcolm for being in it the most? Maybe. I just... I'm going to spoil it. He dies in the first book. He just <laughs> dies. And Man. he's they created this whole lore that extends throughout so long <laughs> with this character. What would Michael Crichton say if he was alive? I can't wait for the he Henry Wu spinoff. He would say, I can't spin believe off. he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably exactly it. Um, okay, so yeah, what did you feel about them getting back together? Any moments that stand out? 
I mean, I just Angel. like him being back together. I like the Angel. gate sequence where he's trying to unlock the code and then he puts it in, but then the other guy unlocks it and he goes, I can't believe that works. But then they don't capitalize it by saying what the code he put in was. I agree. I thought that was, I was a like, very... I was like, I was like, okay, now what's the joke? What did you put in that you think works? And then they didn't say what it was. And I was like, what? I know. I thought that was a very bad scene because it was nonsensical. There was no reason for it. Why would Ramsey not have given him the code or warned him that there is a code or have already primed the code when he arrives there? It just made no sense. It was just another manufactured, oh, maybe tense, maybe comedic moment. I didn't like that. But most yeah. of the other things that it dealt with them. Those, those weird spiky dinos looked cool, though. Like big turtle dinos. Rawr. Exactly. Okay, so the new characters... Uh, so the pilot girl, when she was first introduced, she looked so cool. I was yeah. like, I am in. She looks amazing. I agree. Uh, then her character self, I thought was just okay for the rest of it. Then she opened her mouth. <laughs> She's a then bad she dialogue. Acting. She was a bad character. She had no purpose in this story. She showed up and saved the day for no reason. Like Agreed. Like, her motivation. Like, she was like, I just felt bad because I was involved in human trafficking. And I was like, then don't be in human trafficking. You just destroyed your entire life for these people you've never met. Yeah, number one. Number two, again, she wasn't, she was in the dino trafficking. She wasn't in human trafficking necessarily. She just saw there was a clone girl. She said, who's that? And they said, don't worry about it. And then, then. They said, she's a clone. She's not a real person. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. I don't care about clone she, traffic. She gets all the way to the end. You're a clone? <laughs> yeah. Why don't I why don't I destroy my plane for you? You're not exactly. a real person. But yeah, it doesn't make sense if she were that guilty about it that when Claire Part first of me shows expected up, her to have like a, a villain arc where it like there's a plot twist and she's like bringing them to them as like a villain and then they'd have a another villain thrown in. Right. But then that would have been interesting at least. But yeah, they her motivation to for whatever reason not tell Claire or not help Claire initially. Then she it's not like she ever went out and sought claire again she just saw her falling from a balcony and said okay now i'm gonna help which again i don't know why and you could have also helped by just saying here's where they are you didn't necessarily need to fly your plane out there also she was ready to die for these people that she doesn't know for this clone girl she doesn't know and was not directly involved in transporting that she also doesn't know what they want to do with it, she was like, okay, we have one ejection seat. I'm going to let this random lady get in it while I go down with the plane and try and land it. I was like, what? Also, you, walking you met away from that plane without a scratch. I know. They were completely them. fine. So they just got in there like, that was easy. He yeah, literally, there's a part where like they're about to crash and he's like grabbing onto things and like tying a seatbelt in the same way that uh, what's his name does in the first movie. I'm like, so you don't have a seatbelt. You're about to crash in a plane and you don't have a real working seatbelt. You're right. dead. You're dead. Yeah. That's all I could think of is like you just got thrust forward out through the window into the pavement and you're dead. And then they just walked out of it. Not even like if they had put scratches on them or maybe like an injury or something. I'd be like, okay, movie magic, know, whatever. Because that was the thing. But they walked out with nothing. With the original Jurassic Park, they do a great job of showing like the progression of their injuries and getting dirty and whatnot. Like by the end of the thing, they're all messed up. Tim, the kid, like his hair is crazy. He's got mud all over the place. Everyone has like scratches. Like Alan Grant has a scratch that just through the entire movie. They had nothing after that landing. It was it was wild. Um, so yeah, that again, the pilot, her motivations just didn't make sense. It just wasn't believable that she would do all this stuff. Um, and again, she wasn't written as like charismatically. Um, didn't have enough clever lines or anything to make her like truly stand out in that way. So I don't know. I guess. I sort of like the idea of it, but it's like you're really going to introduce this character and now she's going to stay and be like one of the main people. Like she's in the 
money shot of the old gang and the new gang and she's there too so now she's she's like part of the gang as well i was like that seems odd um to do ramsey was another character they added i Who like also thought was gonna have a villain twist and then he did right. he had he a did. hero twist he did i like him a lot more like i like the actor i like the performance of it but i also think they just left some things on the table like they had this weird scene of dodgson being all upset by ramsey doing this and the ramsey also doesn't say like a word back to him which i know is weird they just don't have a conversation um but there's some sort of relationship there that we never get explored like who is ramsey why does dodgson dodgson feel so um feel like he's so important and feel so betrayed by him when he does this thing it seems weird my idea was i thought he should have been sam jackson's kid from the original i thought that would have been a funny why, would have been one of black those... well certainly i'm not gonna say he was nedry's kid what do you mean i mean i mean like how would that how would that fit in in any way like what what he, relevance would that be he would at least give a motivation it would make more sense if it was nedry's kid and he's like and like they cast a white actor and he was like you killed my dad well his dad was killed as well it, like but he doesn't from... know nobody knows that dodgson was involved it's not like dodgson was like That's guys I'm, saying... I'm, I'm taking the blame here I told Nedry to go out there. It was on me. I apologize for this disaster. Right. I'm not saying we could find some way that he finds out. That could be the case. Like if he gets really obsessed of, okay, what happened at the Jurassic Park thing? And he's able to tie back um, the things. Maybe he finds one of the witnesses when Nedry met Dodson. And someone said, Dodson, Dodson's here. And he said, oh, somebody that did That kind of would have been funny. That would have been funny. <laughs> so, so Dodson was there. <laughs> that would have been pretty, that would have been so dumb. It would have been good. That's what I'm saying. They should have gone that route. But here they just left it where... Like where it's implied there's some relationship and we don't know exactly why he does what he does. I guess he has a conscience and it's like maybe locusts are bad, but that's not interesting. Give us a connection to the original film. Like just go all out on stupid cliches. Um, so yeah, we talked about the plane thing. Okay, so now the clone girl. Pop off. The worst part of the film by far. I just don't understand it. So first of all, <laughs> well, first of all, I forgot she was British. Was she British in the previous film? That totally I just think she was. I just I did forget she was British as well. <laughs> and very... I had seen the movie a week earlier. <laughs> and I went, wait, British? It's because the whole time in the trailer, I don't think she says anything. And she's with uh Claire and Owen the entire time. Like they like show them as a family, and I'm like, oh yeah, she's American like them. And then she opened her mouth and I was like, You're British? Right. That's exactly. not right. Yeah, it was quite strange. But anyway, so it betrays the entire last film. Because in this one, she's all upset that she's a clone. She wants to learn more about who she was cloned from, Charlotte. Uh, she wants to, like, get some connect, some connection to that. She wants to know who she was before, like, who her quote-unquote real self was. And then we find out. So she actually isn't a clone in the typical sense where she was engineered and then, like, came out of the lab or whatever. She was naturally born. Mm -hmm. And she's not an exact clone because her DNA was altered and changed. So she's not an exact copy of Charlotte. So now she's technically human born like everyone else and not a clone because her DNA has been altered again it's engineered so it's not like a natural thing but still not exactly alone and I don't know why we did that if the whole point of her opening up the thing was I'm exactly like these genetically created engineered dinos that were made in the lab producing lab were not born are not natural do not have their own like unique DNA Bro, she finds out she's not identical, and she's like, "Damn, I really shouldn't have let those she's things like, out." Now I'm not like those, those things dinos. at all. I'm different from them. She gets a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. 
times over blue. Time to waste some dinos. So that makes no sense. It also, yeah, again, her like trying to find out about Charlotte. Again, it betrays the whole point of, oh, I want to be my own person. Like I'm not a clone. I don't have to be beholden to whatever person I was a clone from. It seems weird that she was so caught up in that stuff. Um, also, Charlotte, her whole thing of she creates a clone. She wants to create a clone, but she also just wants to have a kid. But she wants to do it by having a clone and make this genetic breakthrough that can be used for so many great purposes. But she never reveals that genetic information or anything like that. Keeps it to herself, dies, but is able to, again, genetically alter her child so that she doesn't die from the same disease. But again, doesn't share this amazing technology with anyone else before she dies. The amount of ethical violations that that woman committed is crazy. And also, again, why would you, why would you make a clone of yourself, a human clone yourself, but also just do that so you can have in a this day and age? You know how hard it is to find a good man. There's so many other ways you can just you just adopt. You didn't need to <laughs> create a clone of yourself. I think she was doing it because she says like my mom created me because I was an experiment. And she was like, no, she wanted a child, and I was like, that's probably both. Well, maybe it's both, but also you can't just say just like she wanted make a your child. child. Don't make your child an experiment at all. Maybe that shouldn't be a part of Good it point. at all. <laughs> um, and also that begs the question. So Ellie Sattler knew that yeah. there was this clone child running that around. Weird? That's insane. I don't believe that at all. And she's like, that's a good. Yeah, we should allow that to happen. That's insane. That a secret. <laughs> that's crazy. Also, this is the biggest, dumbest part of the thing. She's just sitting there when they hold her captive. They, Henry Wu explains the whole thing. Like, this is why we want to use you. Your genetic material. Oh, blues kids. This is my least favorite material. part of the movie. It, you can help save the locust thing. She just gets up, takes a key, frees the baby blue, frees beta, and then walks out. She's the leaves. There's no security. They don't, the grown men don't try Bro, and tackle her. I was the, like, I was like, first off, why are you leaving? Like, I understand you don't want to be kidnapped, but you have no idea where you Why are, are you how to get out. Like, it just, also, there's no way. What he just pitched you and what he just showed you, there's no reason for you to leave. And then, like, like he said, he said, there's an ecological disaster and it will kill all of humanity. And if you give me <laughs> some of your DNA, I might be able to save it. And she goes, how about, no. I'm going to go. She said, yeah, I got to bounce, actually. But then, the, of course, the events of the movie somehow changes her mind and now she wants to do Except it Except they the end. don't. Because exactly. nothing changes. At the very end, she goes, no, it's, it's okay. Sure, I'll help you. I'll get my genetic material. Bro, what changed? You could have done changed. that in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there was no reason for you to leave. Ignite the like events that caused the downfall of that whole park, which put you in danger and then all the people around you in danger that you didn't know. Like All your people were coming in to save you. But still, like, there's no way that you could have thought, okay, me alone. I'm going to get out of here somehow out of this facility by myself that's all the information she had it's just her there and then she's gonna get out by herself and then also again refuse to help to prevent the locust horde that is destroying all the crops in america in the world well, how did all those Come locust on. kids burn to a crisp and then bust out like you're I on fire <laughs> i don't know die i don't know and certainly there could have been a better way than like you had to gas them out or something i don't know you yeah. need to flame them and also why aren't the windows stronger hello um but <laughs> how could just, they not have just blown out in the first place what did how did fire change it i know i don't know so that was just so dumb it's one of those things like how again her getting up and leaving was just amazingly stupid but then her deciding to do the same thing that they pitched in that thing 
it's getting it's not like they're capturing her to like do crazy horrible experiments on her like they were upfront of this is why we need you it's just it boggles my mind and then again they don't resolve anything with her being all sheltered away at the beginning and upset about that they should have had some inkling of like she they should have had a scene where like dodgson sits down with her and or like she overhears dodgson saying something and like dodgson has ulterior motives for having her and that's why she wants to leave that would have made more sense but she has no idea like dodgson like she sees dodgson talking to henry Wu, and she's like oh i don't fuck with these guys and then leaves and it's like henry Wu has been nothing but honest and upfront with you if you had had a scene where she overhears dodgson like if she had heard the conversation that dodgson is having with henry Wu, and it was a conversation about how like maybe like they need to do something to her that's dangerous or something or like he has to like so, like they have to like keep her under lock and key or something like maybe then i'd like get it but mm-hmm. they don't she just sees them talking and then runs doesn't make right. sense agreed it's so foolish and once again i still hate the fact that she's just out there living her life scot-free after releasing all the dinos on the world. Bro, all of that is her fault. And then at the end of this film, we'll get to it in a second, but they try to make it seem like it's all okay when it very much would not be. So anyway, let's talk about another great highlight of the film, which is all the dino fun. And there was a lot of good stuff. I thought when the best scenes was when Claire was crawling away into the little swamp lake thing yeah i thought that was from cool. the no, it doesn't make any Kruger sense dino what does it, it not have does it not have object permanence it, uh, she, he just can't see her anymore and so he's like i guess she's gone and then just walks away right also you're a dinosaur and you're three feet behind her kill her just kill her what i know it makes no sense but that was one where i was like that's cool enough that i'll let it slide but yeah that was i also agree that was super cool i also like the feathered dinos very cool design i enjoyed it uh the one the ice dino i thought that thing looks super cool and then when it goes under the ice that was also cool i was like that's super cool and then they do stupid foolish plot armor stuff where somehow chris pratt falls through but then he's able to make it out when it swims around him instead of attacking him initially but it still looked pretty darn cool you mentioned the cave dinos are cool when chris pratt choked out one of the dinos i was like that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) he just comes up like and it's like bleeding like his grip is so strong that he's causing it to just waste away i mean it's got a pretty small neck and he's crushing it you know dude it's a dino bro and there's no way he's i I don't think it was that small of a neck either um that'd be very impressive okay so the giga chatosaurus um maybe it bit its lip it did what he it choked it out, and, and then it bit its own lip. It bit its tongue, and you're like, <laughs> 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 "Why did you choke me?" <laughs> so the Giga Chatosaurus again. I thought it was kind of wasted in this film because it only shows up. I thought it was so dumb. It shows it didn't up a couple do anything. times. I know it, it got, just attacks them and then doesn't kill anything. It got it's beat the up. weakest of all the villain dinosaurs in any of these movies. Exactly, it got beat up by the humans working together. It's like it's cool, but it's like wow. So way to frame the big apex predator as a schmuck. Yeah, something and then, that's already defeated the T-Rex earlier in the movie. Right. So and it then, asserts that it's more stronger than a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And then it gets double teamed by the other dinos. And I was waiting to see, and I was like, there's no way they're going to do it. They're not going to actually kill off old Rexy, the T-Rex. Um, and then, for whatever reason, Freddy Krueger dino comes out and then works with the T-Rex. It doesn't yeah. fight the T-Rex after they kill Giga Chatosaurus. But whatever. One thing I thought was super cool was the <laughs> when Jeff Goldblum started waving around the spear. It's just a flaming locust on it. And Bro, he chucks it in the die. mouth. I thought so too, but then I was like, they would never do that. And so I, I when he like threw that, cool I was like, that's death. Cool. If like he sacrificed, like, because in the first movie, he tries to sacrifice himself and then just gets knocked over. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be kind of cool if he finally does it and it kills him. But like he goes out 
you know, in a blaze of glory. Right. But uh, then he just throws it and he's still a badass for it. But It's so. true for, for sure. But yeah, they definitely, I don't know, the big thing, and I mentioned it later on, no character dies in this. None that are yeah, non-villains. It's just which is insane. And it, the one guy who gets eaten. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Like in a Jurassic Park film, the pilot girl would have been dead. Maybe one of the main characters would have been. Ramsey would have would have died as well. Ramsey probably would have died too. They would have. I think they probably would have gone for like what you said, like some sort With of Jeff sacrificial Goldblum, moment. Yeah. If this is truly meant to be like the end of the franchise or whatever, like that'd be a nice poetic send off. Dodgson probably would have had a more significant death. Mm-hmm. But no character actually gets killed in this, which is crazy. And you know it from like watching most of the stuff. Like any scene with Claire, I was like, nothing's gonna happen. Any scene with like when it was Claire and Ellie going through the thing, like nothing was gonna happen there. There was just no tension or stakes because we knew they were gonna make it out. And that even applied because I truly was never even scared for the pilot girl. Like after the landing like, and the dino is coming after her. What's the Shh. point of adding a bunch of new characters with no character arcs if you're not even going to kill them? Agreed. Or like yeah. a cool, gruesome death. What's like the they, point? The, like the they lost do that world. in the first movie with the the woman who's the assistant. She gets a cool death because she has no character. Yeah, the arc. Jurassic World, the original Jurassic World did that. Um, Jurassic Park: The Lost World. Like they had the team set up and then they killed off. Um, and it was a good send off for Eddie because at least he was going down saving him. Bro, I'm so mad. I can't believe Eddie dies, and they did. <laughs> I know Eddie deserved better. <laughs> it was just a very odd way to go about it, especially yeah, if they have no character arcs, which no one in this film does. There's like zero actual character arcs. No one has an initial issue that they have to work through over the course of the story events in order to be a changed person at the end. Yeah, um, it makes no sense. But oh yeah, and in the very very ending, just to real quickly talk about, it, I thought all those shots were really striking visually. But the whole idea of now humans and dinos will coexist. I think the thesis of all these films have been that that is not going to happen. <laughs> um, I don't know why we think releasing them into our very fragile ecosystems, as they say, is not going to somehow result in all the wild animals and ecosystems getting tanked. And once again, still humans being at risk of these crazy, immense, powerful dinos that we are never able to control. It just... It was like a very stupid way to, I think, end it and be like, yeah, we'll just now everything will end up being fine. So no, definitely dumb. not the case. Um, and final points. I do Ellie and Alan. They did it. They kissed Yay. at the end. They got back together. They reunited. That was great. Um, no, Tim, I didn't like uh, it's kind of sad that they just keep, they just divorce off her husband right away. Well, you wanted would... you wanted him dead. <laughs> yeah, but like. They seem so happy and like the idea that like they, they just, they're just divorced and, you know, it's just over. It's like, damn, that sucks with no transition at any point. Like if they had, had if I don't know, I don't know. Why do you now all of a sudden from care a about Mark? From a perspective, <laughs> I would have killed off Mark. I feel like she wouldn't have been ready for love if it was a divorce. I mean, you don't know when the divorce happened. It could have been quite some time ago. Um, it's been, what, like 20 years since they, yeah, were last on screen. So there's no Lex, no Tim. So I can't sad. wait for Big the sad. sequel trilogy, Jurassic Universe, where they just start going into space. Or <laughs> the crossover with Dinosaurs in Space. <laughs> dinosaurs in Space. We gotta do it, Ryan. We gotta make dinosaurs in space. Uh, let's go pitch it. Hey, get us oh you work at God. Universal. You can get us a meeting with the execs. Jurassic Universe. It's a dinosaur theme park, but on the moon. Dude. Oh my it. god, it'd be so good. It would be so good. We <laughs> can make it so good. It would be such a good movie. 
Oh my God. What a good that's, idea. That's the one. You heard it here first. This Put this episode up quickly so it's that we universal. get the copyright. They have to do Jurassic <laughs> Universe. Come on. That's so true. Oh my God. Think oh of the- Oh my God. The money they'd make. When it does the studio name reveal, and then they can just put that immediately into the movie name reveal. Jurassic, Jurassic Universal. Universe. <laughs> it'd be cool. All oh, right. It'd be so, so good. How many- it's Ian Malcolm. You, you 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 didn't ask if, <laughs> if you should launch dinosaurs into space. You just you, you just asked if you could. And now 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 the dinosaurs are on on the moon. Uh, life uh, 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 finds uh, way on the moon, moon. onto the moon. <laughs> <laughs> one uh, small step for man, <laughs> one giant stomp for dinosaur right. guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how many flaming locusts? They, they put little spacesuits on the raptors, <laughs> little <laughs> helmets. <laughs> Dude, you see Owen Grady so in an astronaut suit doing the hand, slowly putting his hand out. Oh my god, dude, it'd be so cool. <laughs> they have to fight aliens. Oh, they find aliens on the moon and it's dinosaurs versus aliens. Dude, now it we got it. Incredible. We just got the next two trilogies figured out for him. Amazing. All right. So, how many flaming locust beers out of five for? This film, Jurassic World Dominion, the alleged it, finale, until, of course, they take up our idea of Jurassic Universe. Of course. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half? I give it the same. Two and a half. All right. So, last but not least, how would you rank, ratings aside, how would you rank the Jurassic movies from worst to best? Um, From worst to best? Well, I would do it in the, the rating thing. So, it would be Fallen Kingdom, then it would be Jurassic Park 3, Dominion, uh, Lost World, Jurassic World. And Jurassic Park, the original, of course, undeniably the best. Mine is the exact same ranking. That's incredible. And the only thing that differed was you gave Fallen Kingdom a one and a half, and I gave it. Oh, I guess you, we gave Jurassic World different ratings as well. Yeah, but you we have the exact. Higher. We have the exact same ranking, the exact same tier. There you wow. go. The We've official been doing ranking. This show so long, our opinions are starting <laughs> to collide. It's true. Then we just have. I think they're solid. I guess opinions, this is our last episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, gotta... no conflict anymore. <laughs> We just agree with everything. Our show will now just solely become pitching ideas for Jurassic Universe. Oh my God. Just create an audio podcast for that. It would be, I'm going to start writing it. It would be. (laughs) Please do. Just, it would be so good. Like dinosaurs in space. (laughs) How can you not walk into a pitch meeting at Universal and say, guys, dinosaurs in space. And they don't just give you $200 million right away. They throw a thousand briefcase at you. That has 200 million in it. Yeah, for sure. Just, it would be so good. It would be so good. I'm going to pitch it. I'm, I'm going to work my way up the ladder at Universal. <laughs> and I'm going to pitch Jurassic Universe to the executives. It. I think it'd be so good. All right. That is all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at show at gmail.com. Our main title theme of the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Be sure to tune in next week and have a good rest of your day.